What up, this is Yinka Diz. Peace, this is Outlaw. And you're listening to the 80s Babies Podcast. And on today's episode, we've got a 25-year tribute for the debut album of Shalal Raekwon, the chef of the <laughs> Wu-Tang Clan, only built for Cuban links. And this one yeah, is yeah. obviously co-hosted by Ghostface Killer, or rather, uh, Ghostface Killer co-hosts Raekwon, however you want to phrase it. <laughs> <laughs> Facts. But uh, yeah, this is a very, very special album, I think, for Yuka and myself. I think you hold this album in um, higher regard than I do, if I'm not mistaken. Really? I think you do, yeah. Yeah, because for me personally, I I actually enjoy Iron Man more than I enjoy this album, but I recognize okay. that this is okay. the more landmark, pivotal piece of music. I, I recognize yeah. that. Yeah. That's crazy because, um, you know, well, two things. First, you made an earlier point that I think is, is a point that I want to drill home which is um, I don't know that we ever had an album that was co-hosted before. Right. Um, yes. And I think that yes. like, you know, the 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 Wu-Tang, you know, bringing in all these movie samples and mm-hmm. et cetera, like they really made like kind of cinematic music. And I think yes. this is kind of the crown jewel of their, their cinematography. Mm-hmm. Um, and the idea of them having co-hosts of, of or co-stars of yeah. an album is, is pretty groundbreaking. Um, but yeah, I think that this album, we talked about on one of the episodes how I tried to, and maybe very poorly articulate, um, you know, a point that Ibrahima made, which was about how like great albums don't revolve around like hot, hot beats. Yes. yes. And I think that this album is like, you know, a, a, the perfect album that like kind of illustrates that point. Yeah. In that, I think that this album probably only has like two or three, maybe four max hot beats. Mm-hmm. And, and by hot beats, I mean, and we talked about this with, you and I talked about this offline when we talked about Rough Riders Anthem, right? right? Like, I think like a hot beat in my mind is like, you could put anybody on that shit and people will be like, this is crazy. Okay. Right? There's probably like three of those on here. And then the rest of it is like some shit that it's perfectly custom made for them and it's only hot because they're on it you know what i mean i do know what you mean i don't necessarily agree with the point from ibrahima but i i totally understand i because i I think there's some exceptions to that and i would have to think about Mm -hmm. it but i'm sure there's some exceptions to that but it i i totally understand the point that to make really good long-lasting quality music You know, you can't have a bunch of pop songs on it. Um, right. You have to have songs that don't necessarily have to have that cinematic quality, but they have to be able to. They just have to have um, have to have more depth. And because they have more it's, depth, they may not necessarily be beats or music that's yeah. like accessible to every single person. Like sometimes they're right. unique. Like to a it has voice. to be I get that. a perfect marriage yes. between the artist's performance right. and the and the you know the beat. Right. right. No, I understand. Um, and, and that's the reason why I was so surprised with what you said about me kind of having more of a, a love for this album than you, because I think that this album, it might be like the quintessential Wu sounding album. Okay. Like, and like, you know, we talked on, on uh, the Supreme Clientele episode about the concept of like a Wu banger, like, right? Like a, like a, yes. a joint that's like, you know, if you, if, if you're in this chamber of hip hop, if you yeah. like Wu Tang sound, you love it, but yeah. if you if you're not, you, you kind of don't. Yeah, get this album's it, got right? like five or six. And this album got a lot of. It's got a lot of bangers on, it. <laughs> on it for sure, for sure, for sure. For sure. So, anyway. um, so this album was released August first, nineteen ninety five, 
also affectionately known as the purple tape because if you got the cassette, which I do not yes. have, the actual cassette itself, I want to say, is purple, correct? Yes. Correct. Right. And the the reason why they packaged it like this is because if you was, you know, you selling your product on the street, you got those yellow <laughs> tops, blue tops, red tops, you, you got to make it sure that your product, it stands out. So that's what they, yeah. you know, they, they had the purple tape. So it, it stands out. Yeah. And I know a lot of cats just, they don't even call this only built for Cuban links. They only call it mm-hmm. the purple tape. It's definitely affectionately known as a purple tape. Yeah. And I think, you know, to double down on that point, like this album kind of typifies like street drug culture and in, in the time frame and like everything about the way they marketed it yeah. and the the skits and everything like is is right down the line with that so even their approach to like trying to create a differentiated product is you know in has that street culture to it so i i kind of like that like it gives it a, an extra authenticity you know no it's, it's definitely dope so before we really get into the highlights, lowlights, critical reception, all that, I uh, just want to remind all of our listeners to like and subscribe to the podcast. You can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, T-H-E-8-0-Z-B-A-B-I-E-S. And uh, yeah, so let's just go ahead and get into it. So where were you when you, I guess the two part, right? Where were you when this yeah. album came out? Where were you when you first heard this album? Yeah, 95 when this came out, like I was I was probably listening to Coolio <laughs> and probably still listening to like regulators or something. Right, right. <laughs> I right. don't know, you know. So I I wasn't listening to this is 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 where I was. I, I I wasn't into this. Right. Um I think I really um I really connected with this in I mean high school, sorry. Okay. Um and I think I think probably around the time of like we talked about like the Wu-Tang Forever time mm-hmm. line, like that timeline where you know I just really got into everything woo, and I was listening to a lot of deck, and I was listening to you know meth and everything. So I don't know what year that would have been, maybe ninety eight. I mean, Wu Tang Forever came out nineteen ninety seven. So yeah, yeah, probably I probably got into it like that that time frame ninety seven ninety eight. Mm-hmm. Um, and then went back, of course, because everybody, right. you know how it is, man. Yeah. Like especially back then, right? Like. And we talked about this. It's kind of funny now. You can stream whatever you want. So, right. like, if you if you have discerning taste, you don't really care. But back then, you had to make like an eighteen dollar investment in, in whatever you it did, is that you you're did. trying yes. to listen to. Yes. So, so somebody had to recommend it to you, and so people tried to help each other by giving each other the cliff notes of what they needed. And right. if you if you said you liked something, typically people would say, "Oh, well, if you like that, you should check out this." Right. Um, and Purple Tape was definitely one of those ones. So so that's when I got into this. How about yourself? Where were you? So in 1995, just like you, I was probably listening to just for whatever was on the radio. Um, right. I think CDs that I had purchased. I'm not even sure if I had purchased anything. Definitely Coolio, It Takes a Thief. Yes, I did <laughs> buy that one. I think that was the first hip hop album that I bought. But the next yeah. ones after that that I re- remember buying and really getting into would have been like like hip hop projects, right? Because I did yeah. I did have the the soul for real Candy Rain. I did have the TLC <laughs> Crazy Sexy Cool. I think I had a Heavy yeah. D in the Boys album. <laughs> to be honest, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, which I I scoffed at after the fact, but now I, going back, I shouldn't scoff at that. But I definitely yeah, did. Nah, Heavy D is the man. Yeah, I mean, it's it's yeah. definitely a different lane from what we're yeah, talking about now. Exactly. But, when when I got into Wu Tang, I used to <laughs> laugh at myself for listening to Heavy D. Let's just say that. Um, mm-hmm. But like the first hip hop CDs that I got would have been, you know, uh, Busta Rhymes, um, okay, yeah, Fuji's The Score. But those didn't come out. I think oh, until '96. Yeah. 
right? Yeah. So when this album was coming out, it's just whatever is on the radio. And I think that the only song that I remember hearing, I think I got a glimpse of Ice Cream, but I didn't. Okay. But like the only song I re- really remember being on the radio was Incarcerated Scarfaces. And at the time, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't really. I didn't dislike it. I didn't like it. It was it just was on one the of radio? those. Yes, it was on the radio here. Like PGC or yeah. like what, like what radio station? Yeah. It was on like, because when I finally did hear the album, I recognized that song. So I would have had yeah. to listen to it because I, I wasn't watching the video. And to me, yeah. it was just one of those songs that just kind of like blended into the background. But yes, I definitely heard the song crazy. on the radio. And I feel like it's such a distinct record. I know, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So but there's, there's no other place I would have heard it. So by the time mm-hmm. I finally did get into this, this was would have been the tail end of 97 going into like 98. So yeah. by this point, yeah, because in the fall of 98 is when Takao 2000 came out, correct? Mm. Yes, yeah. yes. So that means the tail end of 97 is when I started getting into Wu-Tang. So obviously my brother put me on to Takao and 36 yeah. Chambers. And yeah. I really started to like those albums. And so then by that point, the projects that I, the next projects that I got into, I think after that was probably Rether, Return to the 36 Chambers, the dirty version. Then okay. I think it was this coupled with Iron Man. I think I got these two at the same time. So then, and you and you still like Iron Man more? Well, okay. So I need to say this, right? <laughs> so I recognize that that Raekwon only built for Cuban Links is the better album. I, I totally get that, right? Yeah. It's just something about Iron Man, something about the soulfulness of that project just resonates mm-hmm. with me more. But I do have to say this: that mm-hmm. you know, I have said several times, probably earlier in the podcast, that the most important person i think to my musical ear um is the rizza rizza mm-hmm. the way that he made music opened me up to like a whole world of just other music and just understanding music right and i actually think right. that the two albums are, that are the most pivotal to that are iron man and mm-hmm. only built for cuban links and the reason why is because like if you listen to 36 chambers like i know i have friends who are like 10 years younger than me and they right. love Wu-Tang 36 Chambers, but they don't really mm-hmm. fuck with the rest of the Wu-Tang projects. They, they've never heard Wu-Tang forever. All they okay. know is Wu-Tang Clan and to the 36 Chambers, right? They love that. And so uh-huh. you can be like a nominal hip hop listener and you mm-hmm. can go back and like, you can easily understand why 36 Chambers is popular. Yes, it's mm-hmm. raw. Yes, it's gritty. Maybe you don't like it, but you could totally understand like they have tracks sure. saying Wu-Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with. Shame on a nigga. <laughs> like these are very like, raw but like catchy songs mm-hmm. that's not iron man that's not only built At for all. cuban links it's not right. and right. the thing is is that what this what these two albums had was they had about three or four solid tracks that i could get right away but i liked mm-hmm. them so much that i ended up listening to the entire album and mm-hmm. these were the albums. And I have, to, I have to say both of these albums because for me that's where i was i was listening to both of them at the same time uh-huh. like the way that these albums grew on me and the way that I began to love both of them, because don't get me wrong, just because yeah. I love Iron Man more doesn't mean I don't love this album. I love this album. Right. Um, right. But the way that these albums grew on me, like helped me just mm-hmm. understand music even that much more. Does yeah. that does that kind of make sense? And like, yeah. we'll get into it when we get into the, the, the personal highlights. But um, mm-hmm. that's, I guess, where my head was. Um, this yeah. is pretty much the start of my like when I got into this album, this is the start of me really starting to understand and appreciate hip hop and just in mm. music in general, right? Like this is yeah. this is some of the first projects that I really, really, truly started to fall in love with. 
Michael Jackson, yeah. that shit doesn't count, right? Like we're talking about like actually getting into the nitty gritty, falling in love with music, like this is it. So yeah. it's a very, very important album for me, both this and yeah. Iron Man, obviously. So that's think, that's that's I what I was. Another point to underscore, and I mean you you could probably highlight this better because I'd say that this is probably more your world than mine, but like you know, I think one of the things that really draws people to like Wu Tang is like, it's almost like a comic book, right? Yeah. And it's like, it's like, you know, I mean, everybody, you know, everybody likes Superman or Spider Man, right? Like at a very basic level, you don't right. have to be into comics to like those. But like, this is like an Avengers album. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, this is like, where you you find the character that you like and then you double click on that character and you find out that that character has a whole other world yeah, right so yeah, like sure. i feel like wu-tang like wu-tang you know came out with like you said like wu-tang clan another fuck with like these are these are kind of low-hanging fruit that yeah. you don't have to really care that much about their stories yeah. to, to to like it but then like when you get into the body of this album it goes from like raekwon being kind of just like a guest character you know that's here and there to like you're double clicking on his world yeah, and yeah. then by tangent by tangent you're you're also double clicking on on ghostface right. world and then you're seeing everything around them their yeah, ecosystem yeah, yeah. those characters um and i think that that's something that has made wu-tang like such a cult right mm -hmm. like it's just they've done such a good job of just the layers of their story it's they they they, they put it out there in a way that's like cartoonish and you can enjoy it but then at the same time it's just like so interesting there's so many characters and so many layers to it so yeah i think that that's what's important about this album definitely i mean when you think about just the whole iron man character um right and what that means to ghostface and particularly particularly the reason why that character resonates with him so much is because of his brothers right like tony stark was a man who was injured he was weak but he built this suit around him that's right. what iron man was to him personally and you know yeah. so it's dope and it's crazy too because we we ended up talking about it on the on the supreme clientele episode but you know ghost also got really sick and you know had to right, right you know right. basically like rehabilitate in in the home nine so anyway. yeah. so let's get into the critical reception Man, like this is the quintessential cult classic. Like to me, you think it's when, a cult when, classic? Yes. Interesting. I think okay. it's a cult classic in that. I think it's more than. If a cult I go classic. up to if if I go up to a kid on the street that isn't a Wu Tang fan, and I'm like, I don't know what's the ten best albums. I feel like they're not gonna mention this album. Well, but if the person is familiar with Wu at all, this is in their ten. So okay, I think that's fair. I think that's fair, but I'm going to have a couple challenges to that. For one, okay. if you're a hip-hop fan and you don't know Wu-Tang, then it's, that's tough, right? Look, and that's, that's me taking my bias aside. There that's are fair. a number of publications and outlets and channels that all yeah. agree that Wu-Tang Clan is among the top three hip-hop groups of all time with Tribe Called Quest fair. and Outkast. They're, yeah. they're groundbreaking musicians. They're, their shit is all over TV right now. You know what I mean? Like okay, they're they're okay. they're hip hop staples. So if you don't know, we'll take it out the cult. Then it's a classic. I, I think we, it is a classic. we both think it's a yes. classic. Obviously, it, um, you you can't say that the pillage is a cult classic and then only built for Cuban links is a cult. <laughs> like you can't, like we, we can't do that. So I I think that this That's is good. very easily, very easily a top fifty hip hop album of all time. And people are like, yeah. whoa, top fifty? That's disrespect. It's like, yo, chill. There's been mm -hmm. how many hip hop albums? Top fifty is no joke. I yeah. think it's probably a top 25 album as well. Mm -hmm. And you could argue that it's a top 15. 
it might be a little tough, but I think you could argue. I think I think top twenty five. Yeah. I'm fairly comfortable without actually going through the list. I'm fairly comfortable with saying that it, it's a top twenty five. It is it's easily a top fifty, no question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think that at the Agreed time it was very well reviewed, and I think mm-hmm. that you know, in terms of my peer reception, yeah. I think that this was probably the album that my my peers respected the most only because ice cream was on it and so it was like okay. yo like don't play none of that wu-tang shit at the parties you know we want something to dance to. you can't play that wu-tang shit right but ice cream like oh but you can play ice cream though whoa you play ice cream right <laughs> um but i think that this is also one of the albums that you know throughout the test of time i think mm-hmm. that when people talk about wu-tang i think that the the three albums and four really that they talk about the most um, would be obviously 36 Chambers, Supreme Clientele, Only Built for Cuban Links, and probably Wu-Tang Forever. A lot of, mm-hmm. I think that, you know, maybe the, the Liquid Source is probably more the cult classic lane. But um, Okay, okay, that's yeah. fair. But I think that those four albums, and, and I mean, people always mention Purple Tape, so. Mm-hmm. Facts. Yeah. I, 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 another thing I want to underscore is uh, my guy, Robert Chris Gow, who, who gets beat up on this show all the time. What, what's he got to say? Actually what's he finally say? gets it right. What's he say? He finally gets it right. And let me read this. A lushly impenetrable jungle of sonic illusions transforms the nightmare of the crack era into a dream of cream skimmed and warmed for the bathtub. A dream with its own internal logic, moral weight, and commitment to beauty. It's an illusion as any project denizen caught in the crossfire knows. But materially and metaphorically, Wu-Tang's power to create this illusion provides a way out of hell underneath, especially but not exclusively for them. Look, let me tell you something. Robert Criscow, right? (laughs) When it comes to New York hip hop, he has a full vocabulary. He has the full use of the English dictionary. (laughs) Anything else, this motherfucker is learning the ABCs. Like, it's... (laughs) Facts. But anyway. that's that's why my, my, my dude's West Side Connection had to talk about these New York critics, man. They only know how to how to rate New York oh, albums. Man. It's bad. It's bad. <laughs> but, anyway. but but either way, I appreciate the I mean, it's so poetic. Like even the analysis is. is poetic. This <laughs> it guy, is you know? so poetic. But then like but then when we when we get a TI album, it's like the limber linguist doesn't know shit about hip hop. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. So but yeah, I think that we can unanimously agree that, you know, this is yeah. Yeah, it's Source only gave this four and a half, but I think this is one of the ones that they probably retroactively given five mics, if I'm not mistaken. Probably. I mean, all probably. music five uh five stars. Rolling Stone gives this a five stars. I mean, yeah, this is high marks across the board. So yep. yeah. So should we get into the uh highlights and the lowlights? I mean, usually for these tributes, we try to start off with the lowlights, right? Yeah, man. I mean, you know, if we even do them. And for me, I only have one low light and it's not even a low light for Good. real. All right. Um, songs wise. Uh Wisdom Body. That's fair. That was one of my low lights as well. Yeah. I didn't I didn't need that record. Um, did you have any other individual track ones? You know, to be honest, the only other individual track that's kind of a low light to me is the Can It mm-hmm. All Be So Simple remix. Okay. That's the one that I probably listen to that song more now than I did back when I was actually digesting this album. Yeah. Um, and same thing goes for, oh, oh wait, oh, Wisdom Body. Oh, you know what? I was confused. Oh, I like Wisdom uh-huh. Body. I was thinking North Star. Uh-huh. North Star is the outro. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. North Star's fine. It's just, you know, talking mostly. Oh, no, I, I, I yeah, I disagree with you. I like Wisdom Body. Um, okay. okay, yeah. So, so can it be also simple, the remix? Yeah. That's probably the only one that I would skip regularly. Back when I was okay. digesting the album. And again, like I think that when we're talking about lowlights, 
it's important to start, say that like it's a low light relative to the genius of this album. Right. Right. Exactly. Like we're 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 gonna be nitpicking some things. So it's like yep. can it be all so simple? The remix is not a bad song. But like yeah. in comparison to the other ones for me, that would be that would be a low light. Right. The only other thing I have here is that I kind of and I, I call this a meh light. Mm-hmm. Um and it's because I, I feel like it's a highlight and a low light. Yeah. Um like this is a very skit heavy album. Yeah. Um and 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 it was something that it made this album very difficult for me to engage with as somebody who who existed outside of the the Wu-Tang ecosystem. Really? Okay. Because because when I first engaged with this album, I didn't care enough about Raekwon or Ghostface to care about what they had to say. So okay. like all the all the dialogue before and after songs, I was like I don't care like Play me something hot so I can care enough about your story to to want to know about all this this side side banter. Now, now when I listen to this album, I put the album on and I'm transformed into their world okay. where, you know, I'm listening to their side conversations. I, I, I'm listening to them on a block, the whole night. I wish you guys right? could see my face right now because, yeah. <laughs> I'm just being honest. <laughs> but, you know, when I first heard this album, I wasn't invested enough to care about what their their uh, their, their side story was. That's fair. I just wanted to hear good music. And, you know, again, we talk about how how, you know, there's maybe three quote unquote hot beats on this joint, yeah. right? So if you're again not tapped into the Wu ecosystem, you're not really familiar with their sound like that, et cetera, it can make engaging with the whole album difficult. Yeah. Like you would you would need like a ice cream or like an incarcerated Scarfaces, like one of those joints where where it's just undeniably ill to make the person go, okay, now let me hear what else they got to say personally. I got you. Um, we will get to that point about the skits because um, mm-hmm. it's going to be my highlights. For me, the yeah. only other low light, and this is controversial, right? And again, I have to mm-hmm. emphasize that this is relative to the genius of this album, right? right. This is not, he's not bad, but mm-hmm. it, it is kind of a low light. And that is Raekwon, actually. And the only reason why I say that, mm-hmm. the only reason why I say that is because he is, this is his album. And, and there are a, more than one track. Where he not only is he not the star, but he's like if there's a weak leak on the song, wow. he is the weak leak on the song. Like there's there's wow. enough tracks like that, which I did yeah. not notice that at the time. I'm yeah. coming back listening to it now. Now, uh, fairness, uh-huh. at the time where I'm listening to this album, Ghostface mm-hmm. is not one of my favorite hip hop a uh, Wu Tang artists, right? Mm-hmm. Now, not only is he one of my favorite Wu-Tang artists, he's one of my favorite hip hop artists, period. Right. So right. I will acknowledge that bias and say that maybe it's just like Ghostface is just so strong that it kind of pushes Raekwon back a little bit. Maybe. But listening to it now, I'm kind of like, wow, like there's like quite a few songs on here where you do not have, not only do you not have the best verse, but like you kind of have the weakest verse, Raekwon. And it might sound like I'm trying to talk mm-hmm. shit. I'm not, I'm just saying like, just kind of kind of surprised me a little bit. I, I will say though that like, the production chosen here yeah. just meshes so well with Ray's voice. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, that it's it's very clearly like a Ray album. Yeah. And, you know, you kind of talked about how how soulful Iron Man yeah. is. Uh, yeah. Supreme Clientele is also soulful. Yeah. Like, that's just kind of more like Ghost Chamber. And yeah. this is very clearly Ray's chamber, like production-wise. That's fair, that's fair. The only other performance I wanted to call out, and sorry for calling her out because we've called her out before, but Blue Raspberry is not good at singing. <sighs> And she's not. sometimes, 
sometimes it, it like it, it it creates this feel similar to what we talked about on the 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 uh the carter episode right where you have a singer that's like not the most amazing singer yeah but it, it creates like kind of a like this is our sound yeah and and rizza kind of does that right yeah. with these singers like taquita where it's like their their sound is so distinct that it just kind of well, becomes your blue own blue raspberry thing. comes first yeah because she's on the she's, she's on the album. album she's on the um yeah. release yourself which i'm surprised that's never been remade. I don't know how no one has ever like release your Delph, That's the only mm. use of that sample. If you go on who sampled, uh-huh. you won't find any other uses of that sample. I, I don't understand it because it's such a hot sample. But anyway, but yeah. she's on that as well. But yeah, on here, I she's not good. That's fair. That so is that's, that's fair. I didn't. <laughs> it didn't bother me as much back then as it does now because I was like kind of like yeah. yeah, she can't. But either credit credits to RZA for making it work, and so let's just go sure. ahead and and flip to the uh, flip to the highlights now. Um, let yeah. me just start off by just saying RZA. Obviously, yeah, RZA sure. is you know it's the low hanging fruit here, but the fact mm-hmm. that he can make look Blue Raspberry, you're right, not the best singer, but the fact that he mm-hmm. can make this work, like the way yeah. that they they she's in the song, but then they have her starting out, and then they blend into the song with another interlude, another skit, another piece of yeah. cinema. I thought that was clever. But one of the other things that's really interesting here is that this entire album, I, I think literally the entire album was made in his basement, if I'm not hmm. mistaken. I think so. I think that like everything, the mixing everything, I think was made in his basement. Um, I should have done some more research on that before, but I remember reading something that, yeah, the entire thing was made in his basement. And so like, you can go back and listen to it now and be like, okay, this could obviously be remastered. But like, back when I was listening to it in 97, 98, I didn't notice any difference. Like, And so for him to be able to, to mesh all the sounds together um, yeah. in his basement studio is quite impressive. Very impressive. And you know, the other thing too is that, we've, we've said this before, but like one of, the, one of the reasons why all these early Wu-Tang projects are so amazing and why RZA deserves so much credit is because they all sound Wu-Tang. You can tell they're mm-hmm. all Wu-Tang, but they all yep. sound really different from each other. Like, yeah. this does not sound like Iron Man. This definitely doesn't sound like Liquid Swords. It definitely yeah. doesn't sound like Takao or 36 yep. Chambers. Like, they all sound uniquely different, but yeah. they're all still Wu, and it's, it's just a credit to Rizzo, in my opinion. Facts. I wholeheartedly agree. Yeah. Um, another point I have to mention for my highlights is the skits. I love these skits. Uh-huh. Not only yeah. that, I have to ask, like, is this a, the best collection of skits in a hip hop album? They're good. I think it's a good point, but it, it you know, and this is just, it speaks to the genius of RZA and the genius of Wu-Tang. Like, I don't think these skits in, in and of themselves are, are that amazing or, or work by themselves, but Maybe. I think they make, a, this is a movie. Like, this yeah. isn't even an album, it's a movie. And like, so you can't have the movie without without the, the conversations. And you can't, I don't think you can have the conversations without the movie, personally. I mean, yo, when you get into the the, the ice, wait, no, the, the glaciers of ice skits, would it be yeah. like blue and cream? Niggas don't even know what rock niggas are summer. Like, oh my God, yo, I just, <laughs> I fucking love these skits. So yeah, that's, that's, that's definitely a highlight for me. And when we get through yeah. some of the individual tracks, we can talk more about the skits individually as well. For sure. One of the things I wanted to to piggyback on your previous point, um, RZA, as a producer here, like, you know, and we talk about we talk about it here and there, and I think this is one of the albums that really just shows the genius of like making beats that are like so imperfect. Yeah. 
but just like making him so amazing. Like, I think the best, the the, the best like example to me on on this is uh, is criminology. Mm -hmm. Just because at the very end of criminology, you get this this you know part where he just like plays the loop. Yeah. So you just hear the the bell sample, and you hear the you know how he basically extended it by like. By cutting it short and then yeah, just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, so you hear it turn over like a few times and you're like, yo, that, like, this beat isn't even, <laughs> like, the the sample's not even like on beat, but it's just, right. it's so crazy. The song is so crazy, you don't even notice it until you hear it standing alone. And I mean, That's I think that point. just speaks to the genius of RZA, like, because I like, you know, you and I both we've we've made beats before, right? Yeah. So like. RZA makes beats that you would never, like, you wouldn't think to make, but then you hear it and it's hot. He yeah. makes it hot. Yeah. So what uh what other highlights do you have before we get into the track for track highlight? So I think we should instead of even going track for track highlights, we should just go like like run it because right, there's so many. But but I will say um one through eight is a is a run okay. uh, for me. Like that run is a is a really solid run. Um and I've talked about how like I like to approach albums and I think that this album approaches it that way, which is I like albums that kind of like have a, a an act one and an act two. Yeah. So like yeah, you yeah, know, he yeah, kind of yeah, yeah. does like a one one through eight, and mm -hmm. then he gives you like Shark Niggas, yeah. where he's like he's like fuck Biggie for stealing Nas's album, which cover. is crazy, which is so crazy. <laughs> yeah. to me. And then and then you know there's like a, a second act that starts on track ten, where yeah. you know they go for the rest of the album. So right. I really like that as well. Uh, any other like overarching highlights? Uh, no, no, no other overarching highlights. Okay. So, yeah, so should we start off with the Striving for Perfection or Knuckleheads? I don't have much to say about Striving for Perfection, so. I don't have much to say about it either, other than that, like, obviously, when I go back and listen to this, or when I listen to this album, this is one of the tracks that I skip. But if I'm yeah. listening to it, like, it is a good, you know, intro into the album, I think. But um, mm -hmm. Knuckleheads, man, I got to say, like, <laughs> it didn't take that long for it to grow on me, but, like, uh -huh. When I was first listening to this album, this is not one of the tracks that I skipped to. I think I immediately probably skipped to Criminology. Um, yeah. But like listening to it now, like oh, mm -hmm. like this, what a good fucking start to an album. Like to go from striving to perfection and then to that beat that just it just kind of yeah. just knocks it. Doom, 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 like yeah, that shit rocks. Right. Um, respect, man. I love the way Ghostface comes in on this shit. He he does for sure. And I this is like one of those beats. Again, it's it's not a hot beat, yeah. but at the same time, like it makes you like nod your head. And it's like a joint that you could hear. I don't know. You see some dudes on the corner freestyling. Yes. That, that and this is in the background. Like you know what I mean? Like it's just perfect for what it's supposed to be. Yeah. I'm, and and look, I said before that I think that you know Raekwon is sometimes a weak link on some of the songs. That's not the case on this record. Um, no, I, he's probably actually the stronger one. I I really love the way the Ghostface comes in, and I love the way that You God comes in actually. Yeah. And then You God just keeps doing You God, and it's just like all right, I'm tired. <laughs> but no, but Raekwon's very strong very strong starts to the album um Back. yeah it's weird you got is actually listed as golden arms here on the wikipedia that's that's interesting yep. <laughs> i just noticed that do they even know that you got is golden arms I, I i don't know i don't know but Not um they need to i don't have that much else to say about the song other than uh yeah i really i really dig it yeah, um, me neither. Uh, dope start to the album um and again another one of these records that you know if you're in this ecosystem, it's perfect for that. Like the yeah. sound is their sound, um, and it's Raekwon's sound, mm -hmm. so it's perfect. Yeah, 
So then we get into uh, to Knowledge God. And um, I like this because, you know, they talk about, you know, what's today's mathematics, which is obviously a reference to yeah. the five percenters. The interesting yeah. thing, a piece about that, though, is that from my understanding is that neither Raekwon or Ghostface uh, are considered five percenters anymore just because they didn't keep up with their mathematics. And that is what an, a Wu affiliate told me personally. Uh-huh. So maybe uh-huh. I shouldn't have revealed that here. But either way, that's just my understanding. That's of it. I, I don't think either of them actually would 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 want to would say anything otherwise. Like okay. It, it seems like I think I, I, I've seen ghosts specifically say that he like fell off with his shit. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know about, you know, right. But. So, but yeah, but this is um this is another one of those songs. It's like, look, I I skipped this back in the day, and then or initially, and then I get into it. It's like I can't listen to the like I can't listen to this album without listening through you know at least one through seven for me you know all the way straight. Like I have to yeah. eight I can kind of skip sometimes, but like Knowledge God is a very pivotal piece for that. Like I have to you know I just I have to listen to this track. Man, I, I love this this record, and I think you know we've talked about how how I really love strings string mm-hmm. samples mm-hmm. um and so like these strings i think just drew me in initially and then just like the cadences uh you know why young niggas always on the that broke shit the cadences are ill cadences are and Ill sure. and then like you said like you know just the five percenter speak mm-hmm. as somebody who wasn't a five percenter but you know was was learning about it through the music because again i didn't grow up in new york so i didn't grow up around that you know that culture right um was interesting and intriguing to me so i don't have much else to add with knowledge guy but criminology wow um <laughs> what an important beat what an important yes. song um yes this is like so you know if remember we talked about that article that basically said that like this album is like the best and worst thing to happen to hip-hop because of like all this like mafioso shit right like this sounds like what they're rapping about like this beat is like sounds like some mafioso shit and then you know they just go in man I, i don't even know what else to say this beat though is one of the beats on here that like I feel like if you're a rapper, you could rap for 15 minutes just yeah, over this loop. I think you could. I think you could. <laughs> it's just a rapping ass beat, man. And one of the other reasons why I love this track is because, you know, I listened to this song, what, 1997, 1998. So I didn't watch Scarface until I was a first year in college. And okay. not that Scarface is a good movie. It's, it's, not, it's not a bad movie, but it's a little it's overrated. Okay. That yeah, being sure. said, I was very excited to watch Scarface for the first time. Like, <laughs> I watched it, I don't know, probably 10 times my first year in college. You know what I mean? And so, uh-huh. you know, the skit where Tony pretty much seals his face with uh, Sosa um, mm-hmm. is like, I told you a long time ago. time ago, you fucking little monkey, not to fuck me. Hey, hey, who the fuck you think you're talking to, huh? You wanna fuck me? Who the fuck you think I am, you fucking dumb boy? Do you want to go to war? Come on. Do you want to go to war? We'll take you to war, okay? Tony, coño. Come on, man. Alex! Sosa, Sosa. And he hangs up. It's like, Sosa, you there? You there? Hello? Sosa. <laughs> <laughs> 
But it, it, mesh, it meshes so well with this song. You know what I mean? Yeah, it meshes so well, like you said, like with the beat, with the intro, with what they're talking about, with the whole theme of the album. Um, it just blends so perfectly together. Yeah, man. This is this is this is kind of, you know, if we're talking about that run. And right. I agree with you. If you lopped off Can It Be So Simple, I'd be fine. Mm -hmm. But you know, that that initial run, this is kind of like the peak of that that run, right? Like criminology and incarcerated scarfaces. Right. Um, so then going into Incarcerated Scarfaces, look, not only does RZA take samples from, or movie samples from, you know, a, a movie like Scarface, um, and then he takes like the Kung Fu samples from mm -hmm. these, these, these Chinese films, but then he also takes the cinematic samples from like the, the, the Chinese gangster movies, like the more modern mm -hmm. ones, right? And yep, I think yep. he, he does that for this. Is, is this a Chow Yun Fat one? A I'm not, I think it's a John Woo like joint. Well, Charlie and Fast the actor, but he he was oh, the one yeah, who, yeah. who played like he was like one of the main actors Acts in a like lot of these uh, I guess Chinese yeah. gangster films. I'm not sure if he was in this one, but right. um I love the way that that little movie snippet blends in perfectly with like like the way that first that first note hits after the skit is like yeah. it's like perfect. Yeah. Yes. Knock niggas all the time, son. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying, son. <laughs> These are these are your favorite drums or some of your favorite drums, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh, really I, this is one of my favorite beats, yeah. just period. And it's so stripped down, like it's not even that it does anything crazy. It's just just the way it cuts the speakers. Just I, I like I feel something every time I hear this joint. But uh, this was actually a uh, song that I didn't like that much back in the day. I didn't mind it. Really? Yeah, it was cool, but I didn't love it. Like for yeah. me, I think the songs that I loved. Like when I first heard this album, were Criminology, Rainy Days, Guillotine Swords, um, and like Ice Cream, May and maybe okay. Verbal Intercourse, right? Yeah. But like, oh yeah, you got to. Right. But but Incarcerated Scarface is like this song is amazing. But uh, yeah. even though I had heard it on the radio, so I was introduced to this song before I heard the album. It did take a little time for for it to grow on me. But yeah, this is another oh, one that's um, acts like yeah, he has I a mean, dream. <laughs> you don't trust me, do you? Oh, you know why. You know why. I'm not supposed to trust anybody in our profession <laughs> anyway. Yo, this shit is amazing, dog. When I hear this shit, it's crazy. Yo, that's like one of them like bang your head against the wall type joints, man. This exactly. shit is crazy. So then we get right. into to rainy days and we have our, you know, blue raspberry basically singing the hook in the in the intro. So, sort of. Um No, no, she doesn't sing the hook. She she sings her own little uh, her own little yeah, and yeah. Um, look she doesn't have the best voice before like I don't know if it's just the combination of like the mood of the song with the lyrics and with the beat I think she actually works on this song even though cool. you're right she's not the best singer but like yeah I don't know I I love the way that she starts off in the intro and then they cut to this little movie snippet um she's mm -hmm. like you, you sang beautifully just then he's like I sing for him and he isn't here. Which is kind of what the song is about, right? She's like, at least her part. Mm -hmm. She's like, I had this man. I love this man. And I don't even know who he is anymore. Like, he's gone. He's lost to the street life. Like, right. I think that that is an aspect that probably didn't get highlighted enough. Mm. You know? And for, and for good reason. Because it's mostly men who are making this music, right? Yeah, so yeah. you're not going to hear too many things from the woman's perspective. But to right. get... Her on the hook singing this, I think was, I don't know, quite powerful to me. Yeah, facts, facts, facts. No, I mean, I mean, it is, it's a great, it's a great record. I'm just the same way we nitpicked, you know, old boy on the on the Carter, right? Like, I can definitely nitpick that she's not the strongest singer, but I do agree right. with you. Yeah, I mean, I I love this song. Who remade this song? 
Someone remade that. Was it like Neo or some shit? Yeah, it was. Um, it was the Fabulous song. Um, yeah, it was yeah, a yeah. sample. Uh, Timbaland sampled it. Uh, you make me better was the name of the song. Yo, yo, yo! I think that I think that Joe came out to "You Make Me Better" at his wedding. I think. Oh yeah. I really, really think he did. <laughs> Yo, that uh, Timbaland, Timbaland uh, laced that that beat, man. Uh, that that remake of it, this this joint. Yeah. So, do we have anything else to add about Rainy Days, or nope. can we get into Guillotine? Go- Ghostface murdered and it at, at per use. Look, um, Guillotine Swords. I think it's the first time that any MC has given us an entire anatomy lesson on a microphone. <laughs> like, I know that you like the line where you like leave a mic for the cast, but like. He does it throughout the entire verse. He's breaking down like every single aspect of the microphone, and he, it really helps like personify this thing that yeah. like I don't this vessel, if you will. Yeah. But um, yo, expected that kills the game. Poison this paragraph, smash your phone the graph in half. It be the inspector deck on the wall path. First class, leave the mics with a cast, causing ruckus like the aftermath on guns blast. Run fast. Here comes the verbal assaulter. Rhymes running wild like a child in a walker. I scored from the inner slums abroad. And my thoughts are ready to start. I slice the mic from the court. First criticize, but now they have become mentally paralyzed with hits that I devise. Now I testify. The best is I rebel. I ain't your highness. Blessed to electrify. Revolted to for ill. Truth that I reveal across the amateurs who scream. They keep it real. Tease a black down, hooded up in fatigue. Part time minor leagues receive third degrees. Attack like a wolf pack once I pull back. What about Big um, Ghost steps off laughing? I feel like we always say that. Like that's like a, a quotable forever. So look, this is one of the songs where I'm sorry, Raekwon, but you have the weakest leak. You're the weakest leak on here. Like Jizza, striking niggas with a Mason Dixon line Dixon cross. Line cross, Ugh. yo, like Jizza kills this shit. Kills this shit. Yeah, Deck kills this shit. Hell yeah. RZA kills this shit. This is one of my favorite RZA beats. You know what I mean? And it's just like, damn, like, on your own album, came off as the weakest leak. Like, that's fair. He did. It's kind of tough, yo. It's kind of tough. He did on this one. But, I mean, everybody just came with it. You could tell this is probably one of those records that, like, you know, they talk about in all of their joints. Everybody probably recorded something. And then RZA RZA just probably took the best, the strongest verses and just made it the song. And then was like, oh, well, I got to keep Ray on it because it's on his album. Of course. Of course. Man, but like this is this this beat, um, yeah, this is like I think one of the quintessential RZA sounds. Yes. And like anytime I hear anything even sound remotely close to this, like I, I immediately pick it up as RZA. Like uh-huh. you know, for example, uh, Beautiful Dark Just a Fantasy, right? Mm-hmm. That song when it starts out, I was like, yeah, that's RZA. Yeah. And then I go and look at the crest, it's like, yeah, that's RZA. This joint, um, you know, because he talked, they had the whole like Killer Bees thing. This yeah. beat sounds like bees. Yes. Like, like, yeah. it's just, it's amazing. It sounds what? like Chinese water torture and bees at the same time. I don't know. He's amazing. <laughs> so I want to say that this beat is actually used to start off to cow. Uh, it's, it's used to start off one of the albums. Like, the, 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 like, like mm. very, very briefly, it's used oh, okay. in a snippet to start off. I want to say it's to cow. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. One of those two. So now we get into, I guess, my first low light. And I think the thing that kind of irritates me about this album is that even though I think that this album has some of the best skits 
in hip hop history. Mm-hmm. This kid is super fucking long. Like this yeah. kid itself, it feels like it's like two minutes long. Yeah. Um, and then it, it goes into the song, which is which is cool, but it's not as good as "Can It All Be So Simple" on the first Agreed. 36 Chambers album. Agreed. And I think because of that, yeah. like if it was a remix that was better, I probably would have had more affection for the song. But it's not as good as the original. I felt like they almost just made this to end the act one of the album, right? Like yeah. it feels like you know the end of those black people movies where like everybody's at the cookout and they're like, "Outlaw went on to have five kids." And, you know, <laughs> I mean, like, it's like, all right, wow. cool. And then wow. he goes into shark niggas. <laughs> do, do we have much else to say about can it all be so simple? Nah, it's fine. Yeah. Shark niggas, the thing that's so confusing about this to me <laughs> is that, like, I don't know of any other MC who sounds remotely close to Raekwon or Ghostface. Like, well, now, I can't think of anyone. Bronson, but back then? Oh, oh, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, <laughs> definitely Action Bronson, yes. But back then, like, yeah. like, no one sounds like, like, who are y'all talking about? Yeah. And to come after Biggie, like, it's so interesting coming after Biggie because, one, look, I'm sorry, Raekwon. I'm sorry, Ghostface. But you're not the talent that Biggie is, period. Like, <laughs> you're just you're just not. Um, But, like, Biggie loved Wu-Tang. Yeah. Biggie loves Wu-Tang. Yeah. He's got Method Man on the first album. Yeah. He quotes Wu-Tang, I think, twice on it. But, like, clearly out of respect. He's got RZA mm-hmm. on Life After Death. Like, he loves Wu-Tang. Um, and they're coming after him like, what? I, I got to give, give it to Meth. And it's funny because I feel like the way they portray it on the show makes it seem like he's just trying to be, a, like, a politician because he wants to hang with everybody. But, right. like, Meth, in multiple, on multiple occasions, kind of defied the clan and was like, y'all are on bullshit. I'm about to go over here and do whatever the fuck I want. And, like, he's talked about multiple times about, you know, d- working with Big when the rest of the clan was like, fuck, like, fuck him. You know what I mean? But... It feels very much so like some hater shit. Like you're selling drugs over here and then somebody else is getting money over there and you're like, yeah. yo, why is that guy getting money over there? Fuck him. He's he's ugly. His shoes are dusty. You know what I'm saying? It's like, why are you yeah. worried about what he's doing over there? And it doesn't seem like big, like big loved Wu. So Right. You know, it loved was weird. Wu-Tang. <laughs> it was weird that loved they felt Wu-Tang. that. Knocking some Wu-Tang, M-A-T-H, oh shit. Like <laughs> what? <laughs> So yeah, this this was some some unnecessary hater shit in the same way that you know uh, Mob Deep, who we also love, you know Prodigy right. dissed dissed you know Outcast for no reason on his skit. Why why are niggas getting dissed on skits? So random, but yeah, I don't I don't get it. So you know what I I think that at the time I didn't even really it just it didn't even really register to me because oh, yeah. this is not one of those songs that I that I listened to. Yeah, you know what I mean. I didn't really listen to this to this skit. And again, uh-huh. I recognize that I said that this album has the best skits on it, which I do think it does. Yeah. But this is one of the ones that I just kind of skipped over. And I'm listening to it now, and I'm like, wait, who are y'all talking about? Yeah, I still I like, don't get who Biggie. sounded like Ghost in you know '95. Like I don't. No, no I don't, one does. Yeah. No one does. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like. I don't, I don't get it. So now we get into uh, Ice Water, and I have to say, I absolutely love this song. This is one of the biggest highlights on the album to me. Really? This, this song is probably one of the most important songs wow. in terms of my affinity for Wu-Tang Clan. Yo, get your nostrils I, clear. I did not <laughs> like this song when I first heard it. Me neither. I hated this song. I skipped this song. Oh, wow. Now, every single time I listen to this album, I have to listen to this song. Huh. Something about it is so intoxicating to me. It is such a simple beat, but yeah. like, if you love the way that hip hop, if you love the way that music is arranged, 
and and you pay attention to these pieces. You notice it's like there's little like variances throughout the track that, 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 that he puts in there. That like like he's got this one part of the song. It's like halfway through Ghostface's uh, verse. He throws it off a little bit and it gets like lower. But like that's the only time he does it throughout the entire song. <laughs> and then like sometimes he lets the little loop run yeah. and then he puts in like these little strings. Like the way that he just does this and the way that it works, like I fucking love this song. Yeah. I don't know. Like anyone else who's listening to this song for the first time might be like, Outlaw, you're fucking mad. The song is not good. <laughs> I don't give a shit. I love this track so much. Um, yo, what Rizza did on this. It's just, yeah, it's just. I'm gonna have to give it a, a little bit more burn because, to be honest, this wasn't, this wasn't like, like I, I'm, I starred all the records that I thought were were highlights, and this is not one of the ones that I had. It, it was fine. I like Ghostface's personality on the shit, yeah, but it's not one of my highlights. Like, it's just like, look, like, songs like Ice Water are the reasons why I love RZA, the reasons why I love Wu Tang, yeah, because these are songs that when you first hear them, kind of like what we talked about with Stroke of Death. Yeah. On uh, on Supreme Clientele. Yeah. When I first heard that, I was like, "Rizzo, what the fuck are you doing?" <laughs> now, I, now when I listen to it, I'm like, "Yo, this shit is like crazy." It like, is crazy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you're right. The first time I heard it, I was like, "Is this a mistake?" <laughs> right, right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but like that's how I felt about Ice Water okay. at first. Okay. Um, but like I I fucking love this yep. track. So anyway, um, getting into Glaciers of Ice, if this is not the best intro skit to any song ever. I, I don't know what is. <laughs> Listening to Ghostface Killer, like I could listen to Ghostface Killer talk about dying wallabies and being the freshest nigga on the block. I could listen to this shit for, for hours. It is so, it is so like, I don't know. It's so mesmerizing Yo, listening to this shit. Does Ghost have the best like pre-song intros of anybody? Well, niggas like, don't even know I'm a rock niggas this summer. Like this shit oh where he was God. like, he was like, I said a banana nutriment. I wrote it on the fucking paper. Smart dumb niggas and shit. Oh my god. Like, it's so it's so lush. It's got so much flavor. Like it's just so it's just so captivating, so mesmerizing. Like, man. Um and then and then to get into the beat, uh this glaciers of ice beat is uh is is is, is incredible. Um I think Master Killer shines on this. Um, you know, Ghostface obviously shines on this. Raekwon is 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 good as well. But uh Glaciers of Ice, I mean this is another pivotal Wu Tang track, I think. Yeah, this is like that like the Wu bangers that we talk about. Like if oh, you like oh, this, of course, of if course. you like this sound, this is right right up in the middle of that lane. This this joint is fire. So um, I, I don't have much else to say about the about the song. I mean, it would sound like I love the skit more than I love the song itself. I'm not sure <laughs> if that's true, but I, I you know, the, I think the skit is just the main talking point. Like, yeah, no, this man, is fire. This is I have this as a highlight as well. Yo, I got a crazy idea how to do clock snap. Check it out, boom, this is how you freak them. Boom, you go get you go get the cream joints, right? Boom, now, now, all you all you die is this shit right here. Boom, and this, you know what I'm saying? Any color you want, but it'll be like blue and cream. You know what I'm saying? Shit like that, niggas don't even know some word is born. I'm a rock niggas this summer. On the real. You know what I'm saying? Yo, son. I had crazy visions. Check it out, check it out, check it out, boom. 
Just imagine if you buy, ooh, check it out. Just imagine you bought navy blue, right? A navy blue, a navy blue pair, right? Boom, but this, this shit, you know what I'm saying? But Doc, get this guy cream on top. Just imagine that color, like, Yeah, yeah, so, especially because I used to rock wallabies until I could no longer rock them. <laughs> you did rock wallows. Yo, I had like, I had like, <laughs> Seven pair, yo. You know, niggas don't even know I had like the blue and cream. You know what I'm saying? Like, God, I, I, was had like maroon, I had the like sky boom. blue joints, yo. Yo, you don't even know, like, yo, all you all you die is this part right here, and then this part is like cream. Like, yo, niggas don't even know I'm a rock, niggas or something, yo. I, I tell you, I could, I could, I could wax poetic about about this verbal skit. Thank God for my wallet, so shoe. It then saved me. <laughs> a three nothings in Salt Lake City. <laughs> oh my god i love it so much it oh, so great so good so then we get into one of the highlights of all highlights verbal intercourse um this is the first time we have a wu-tang song that features someone not from a, a wu affiliate right i think so really there's no non-wu affiliates on 36 chambers to mm -hmm. cow or re-enter the 36 chambers of dirty version i think this is the first time yeah i think Nas gets oh. the first feature of someone who's not in the wu-tang and um yeah this is one of those beats it's just like look he's got a hot sample that is obstructed by a vocal that he just says fuck it i'm gonna leave it in there and so, it works so i told you like i you know when i first heard this album like i couldn't get into it like this was the song that like i heard it and i just played it over and over and over and over again from trying to figure out what the lady was saying in the background right. of the sample to Nas's amazing fucking verse. Through the lights, cameras and action, glamour, glitters and gold. I unfold the scroll, plant seeds to stampede the glow when I'm deceased. But in the beast, arise like yeast to conquer peace, leaving savages to roam in the streets, live on the run. Police paying me to give him my gun. Trick my wisdom with the system that imprisoned my son. Smoke a goalie for whole heat. Nonchalantly, I'm grungy, but things I do is real and never haunts me. Wow, funny style niggas rolling a pal. Booster heads profile on a bus to right. This might be one of the greatest, like, this is definitely one of the greatest Nas features. And this yeah. might be one of the greatest, like, besides I Bomb Atomically, like right. somebody jumping on a verse, like the, the first at, at starting a song off and just fucking incredibly killing. The thing about Nas's verse is that not only is it lyrically dope, but if you actually remove like the contents of the lyrics themselves and you just heard like syllables mm. working together, mm -hmm. it's like magic almost. Yeah, like it's amazing. How would you ever think to come up with a rap cadence like that is, is beyond incredible. Yeah, no, this verse is amazing. This beat is amazing. Um, you, you, you know, we, we talked about me and, and strings. So, I mean, like, this is the ultimate highlight. Um, and I think, honestly, I'm not a dude who goes to a whole lot of concerts because I just don't like people that I don't know. But, right. um, but one of the greatest live performances I've ever seen was um, I went to, um, what was that shit called? Rock the Bells. Mm -hmm. And Wu-Tang was performing... And Nas happened to have a distant relative show somewhere else in Baltimore happening that weekend. So out of nowhere, okay. Nas comes on stage and does verbal intercourse. Ooh. And everybody's just like, what? 
<laughs> he rapped this verse and they said, I think they said that it was either the first or only time that they had ever performed that song live. Like the whole woo was there, Nas was Damn, there. Damn, yo, I'm getting chills just thinking it about was that. Insane. I wasn't even there. Like it was like the crowd just went crazy. He, he came out twice. He did that and then he also did uh, Lauren Hill was there and right, right, he did right. If I Rule the World, he saved her set. I heard about the I Rule the World. I would forgotten about this uh, yeah. intercourse. I mean, obviously I wasn't there. But. He came out, yo, he had his red cup, you know what I'm saying? He, came, he just walked yeah, out on stage. It you could barely even hear him rap because people saw him and it was just the crowd just went insane. And then he rapped the verse. It was insane, yo. But yeah, yo, this this song is amazing. It's 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 the highlight. Even even the sound bed that they used at the beginning, like that shit was dope enough for its own its own yeah, track. Yeah, and sure. the fact that it's only just used as an intro. <laughs> I will say that um uh, Raekwon is not the weakest leak on this. Uh, I'm not the biggest fan of uh, Ghost's verse on here. Yeah, I agree. But, uh, yeah, I don't yeah, walk, this, I this... get carried. <laughs> yeah. But um, another thing I want to highlight about this, and it's really random, but I just like it. The name Verbal Intercourse is dope. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is, it's definitely dope. Uh, especially when you think about like how they use the sample. Uh, yes, um, definitely. Because yeah. she's like, so, I want to love him, like in the background. <laughs> So now we get into one of your first lowlights. This is not a lowlight for me. I fucking yeah. love this Wiz Body shit. Yeah, like, I, I understand like, it's, it's problematic. I get it, but like, whatever. Ghostface is one of those MCs that like I don't. His when he's problematic, like it just doesn't bother me. Like I just like speak your shit, talk your game. I think for me, verbal intercourse is just such a high, and it's got so much energy. And then Wisdom Bodies is so slow. It's just like. Uh, all right, cool. So I think that that is fair. And I think at the time when I was first listening to this album, this is one of the ones that I skipped when mm. I would go immediately into Spot Rushes, which mm. we will talk about for sure. Right. But I think that as time has gone on, like Wisdom Body, like I love that sharp contrast between yeah. Ribble Intercourse and Wisdom. Like I, I love it. Like to me, it works. And yeah. I think that in fact, if you think about, look, if you think about this this album in terms of runs, right? So you think about one through one through eight, that's fine. One through seven, one through eight. Mm -hmm. Skip sharp niggas, and they go in through um, ten through seventeen. Yep. So for me, like starting with ice water, mm -hmm. places of ice, like these songs, they kind of like go back and forth, like in terms of energy, but they do it really, really well, and it's very, very well contrasted. I thought about that. Yeah, and so for me, I think it's a per for me, it's perfect to go from verbal intercourse to wisdom bodies, then into spot rushes. Like it, it just makes so much sense to me. So, but it's a track that I like, um, even though again, some problematic material in the uh, in the in the skit in the interlude there. Nah, man, all bitches are the same. Like I get it, but I still listen to it. I still dig it. Um, yeah, I love this track. So. <laughs> Um, not as much as I love the next track. And Spot rushes. Look, uh, two things. One, we need to talk about this this interlude, this skit here. Yeah. Uh, how you know, I don't even really know what they're saying because I'm so <laughs> focused on what's going on in the background. For them to use the Saint Ides commercial, mm -hmm. that beat is fire. Yeah. Um, they're all going in there. Like I think Riz is on there. You guys on there. It starts off with like Met the Man. Met the Man's in the jam. Oh how dry I am. Um, I fucking I, I fucking love this this interlude skit. Yeah. But um, I've said before how I think that Raekwon is kind of a a low light just in terms of I don't think he's there's plenty of songs where he's not the strongest of like it's not the best Ray. Mm -hmm. uh, that's not the case for Spot Rushers. I know he's the only one on Spot Rushers, yep. but he's amazing 
absolutely yeah. amazing on Spot Rushers. In fact, I think that this is his strongest vocal performance on this album is Spot Rushers. He's fucking incredible. Like, this song is absolutely amazing. Line for line, line for line, how we get down with the rhyme. Yo, it be your line for line, line for line. This is how we get down. it's so interesting that you say that because i would say at least the first 10 times i listened to this album i probably didn't even know this was a song because i was so busy trying and this is why i'm saying that like the skits to some degree are a low light right like okay. if you're trying to engage with the music just as the music they, they can be difficult to navigate around. And so like, I didn't even realize that he rapped on this for a while. Okay. Like it took me a while of like listening to this and being like, oh, okay, skit, you know what I'm saying? I'm going into ice cream. And then one day, like I happened to leave it on and I was like, oh, there's right, a, exactly. there's rapping on here? <laughs> yes. You know it's, it's dope though, isn't it? Yeah, 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 for sure. I fucking love this song. Yeah. I love this track. Um, if you don't have anything else to add about that, we can go into ice cream and yeah. holy shit. This song gets better and better and better every time I hear it. Facts. Um, you know, and for the longest time, I have to go on record here. For the longest time, I actually thought that he had sampled uh, a jingle from an ice cream truck. I That's think you said that, case. yeah. Yeah, it's not the case. He does sample this from, I think it's Earl Clough. Earl, Earl Clough. Whatever. Earl Clough. Mm -hmm. um, it's a dope, it's a dope sample. But like, yeah. man, I could talk about this song all day. There's not enough good things you can say about this, which is funny because, you know, I mean, it's just almost to some degree redefined what you could call a girl joint. Like, yes. I feel like at the time, a girl joint was something very specific. Yeah. And like Wu just said, fuck y'all, like, we're going to do it our way. Oh, um, yes. And I mean, and like the, the genius of the T-shirts. Yes. Know, the yes. In the video, like, absolutely. <laughs> yes. This is just amazing. Like from a branding perspective, uh, Meth Hook is amazing. This is so ill. Like, <laughs> shout out to my homegirl uh, Nicole, who we were not friends at the time in high school. We're friends now, but at, even even back then in '98, when every or, yeah '98 specifically, when everybody was making fun of me for being a Wu Tang fan, she was still rocking her butter pecan Wu Tang shirt. Um, that shit was fly. And like, look, Ghostface's verse on this, amazing. Capadonna's verse Black chocolate girl wonder shake ground like thunder Politic to your deficit step Give me your number Your sexy persuasive Tatas and thighs Catch my eyes like highs I want your bodily surprise Double down some time Ice cream you got me falling out like a cripple I love you like I love my dick size Ooh baby I miss you Your sweet tender touches Take pulls off the duchess Orgasm in my mind Stay masturbating your clutches I want you for self like well So play me closely Bitches paranoia for this thing Who want the most of me Only a hard doesn't want to be calling me cousin thirsty for my catalog baby shopping free of loving call me if you want to get dug like the pockets i just like a giant break rooms out of the socket that was versus buddy oil and then yes <laughs> method man's hook in the cut for real niggas what it's the after party your bitches want to fuck watch these rap niggas get all up in your guts prince vanilla butter, 
truck, who tears it up? Ice cold bitches melt down when in my clutch and want their titties sucked. Ice cream. Look, I, I know we love the superlatives here, but I think that this is one of the best rap hooks mm. ever. Not only because of like what he's saying, yeah. but like Met the Man sound, like the fact that Met the Man doesn't have a verse on here, yeah. but this song doesn't work without Method Man. Oh, Method. not at like, all. We, we, we just did the versus battle, right? If yeah. Method Man ever does a versus battle, he can play this song, even <laughs> though he doesn't have a verse, because that's how pivotal his role is to yeah. this song. Um, it's absolutely incredible. I'm trying to remember yeah. where it was. It might have been in in uh, You God's book, but it was somewhere. Method Man was talking about writing the, this hook, and um, he's basically was talking about how like RZA already had the beat or whatever, and he was kind of playing around with the hook, and RZA was like, "Yo, that's crazy! Like you, like you gotta lay it." If I remember correctly, I almost feel like they already had the verses there, and then and then Meth laid that hook, and it was just like, "Oh yeah, now this is it." But man, I mean. Like, d does this work without Meth's hook? Like, this no, this, this isn't a girl joint without Meth's no, hook. Exactly. Like, this exactly. beat is 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 criminology without, without without Meth's hook, but somehow he turns this into a girl joint. Like, only Wu Tang could make this song. Nobody right. else could make this song. No, facts, facts. <laughs> and and you know, look, you know, shout out to them for showing love to all the different flavors. Yeah. You know, like every like no one gets left out here. The light skin, the 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 the, the medium, the brown, and the dark. Like everyone gets everyone gets a flavor, and like it's a, it's a sexy hook. Yeah, and yeah, like this shit is this shit is flames, even yo. the concept, flames. right? Like this yes. is a this is a drug paraphernalia album, right? And so right. making a song called Ice Cream, you would think they'd be talking about like oh heroin and you know like right. crack and you know, but like. Like they have this metaphor and they use it to talk about the ladies. Like it's it's just it's just dope, man. Ice cold bitches melt down within the clutch. They want the titty sucked. Ice, Ice cream. cream. Look, potentially <laughs> problematic. Very. I don't know any woman. I don't know any woman who cares. She's like, yup, whatever. Like, Yo, ghost <laughs> rip this shit, man. <laughs> Yo, everyone rip this shit. Everyone yes, rip this facts. shit. So now we get into uh, Wu Gambinos and. Um, I love this because you've got the cinematic intro yeah. with them talking in the background as well. Mm -hmm. And we get our first, I guess, official intro into the Wu Gambinos. Um, you know, you got Tony Stark, Johnny Blaze. Um, what's, is Matt, no. Masculine noodles. Noodles, noodles yeah. right? Uh, Inspector Deck is Raleigh Fingers. You got Golden Arms. Somehow that's a man, that's a Gambino name. But yeah, uh, Rick, uh, what, Lex Diamonds, right? Yeah, Lou Diamonds, Lex Diamonds? Lex Diamonds. He, there was a time where it was Lou Diamonds as well. Yeah, but I think he says Lou Dimes. Dimes at the beginning of this one. Yeah. What was Riz's uh, Gambino name? Was was Abbott Rizzarector? Did he have one? I guess he didn't have one. I don't remember. I'm not sure Jizza did either. Jizza was Max, Maximilian. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't so, know um, that Rizza had one. When we talk about Wu Bangers, this is definitely a Wu Banger Man. repetitive loop, but just a bunch of MCs just getting on the mic, killing that shit, ripping that shit. Yeah, this um, is my posse yeah. cut right here. Like if I had oh, to pick one, I'd say this is my posse cut. You would pick this over Guillotine Swords? I, I think they're both posse cuts, but yeah. like this one has more members of the Wu, if I if I if I'm not mistaken. And it like you know, gives each of them kind of their own platform to come come and do yeah. do this whole mafioso thing or whatever. Yeah, I mean, they all shine on here. I think that, I think that 
Inspector Deck and Jizza are better on guillotine swords yeah. than Method Man, Rizza, and Master Killer are on this. But yes, this is, you know, um, they're both posse cuts, but I think that you're probably right. If you do have to take one posse cut from the album, this is probably the one that you would take from I, it. I really so. like how Meth comes on this joint with the scripture shit, yeah. the body, like, sword off shot. Like, that, like yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Method Man doing his, you know, his cadence thing. Like, Method Man is really dope at... So we've all, we've already talked about how to me he has like a top ten voice in hip hop like I like absolutely love man, his voice. I'm not even sure if that's giving him enough credit man yeah, he might have a top five voice I mean there's, yeah. there are a few people who have a better voice than Method facts but additionally like just like the way he says things and like his oh, cadences yeah. Oh, yeah. like he you could take away the actual meaning of what he's saying and and his yeah. verses are still hot. Like, this is oh, yeah. one of those verses where it's just like the way he's saying it is so ill. His flow is, is incredible. And I think yeah. it's, it's unfortunate that, like, you know, a lot of MCs, their their flows evolved. Like, mm. Biggie's flow evolved. Um, Nas's flow didn't evolve that much, but it didn't really need to because it was already so incredible. Jay-Z's flow definitely evolved. Yeah. Andre 3000 definitely evolved, right? Method Man is someone who never really evolved that much after 1998 1999 and i think somewhat to his detriment um i still love method man but i think that that's one of the reasons why people around the 2000 mark when people said he started to fall off i think that's one of the reasons why is because he never really grew i think that's kind of a fair criticism and it's interesting because you know red man had a lot more output than him after that point but at the same time i would i would say probably you could probably make a similar criticism red man i think that didn't really get in terms of the two of them, Method Man was more commercial. Yeah. Um, successful. He was more instantly commercial, commercially successful. So by that time, Doc's name comes out, even though Red Man has, already has a, a, a wealth of uh, material in his catalog. Yeah. You know, by the time Doctor Name comes out, I was like, oh, who's this new guy? Yeah. You know, and obviously he's not new, but it was just kind of like, it kind of felt new. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Um, whereas I think by the time, you know, that, that same time, Method Man is kind of like, eh. 2000s a dud hmm. you know sorry but anyway yeah. that's that's our tangent on method man but yes you know from i'd say around this period right because he's good on to cow but from this period through wu-tang forever i mean the flow that method man has is like top notch especially yes. at the time it's like it's yes incredible. absolutely yeah. so um we get into to heaven and hell and this is another one where it's like it's definitely slow, but this is a this is a strong song. Yeah, man, you and know, I think I, you know it caps the album off really nicely too. Right, it definitely does. Um, they had a, a video for this. If I'm oh not yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. I think they had a video for this. And heaven and hell is is Blue Raspberry. Is she the singer this this featured on here? I don't know. If she is, she's not credited. If she is not credited, no. At least the the. The Wikipedia does not have her. Yeah, she's yeah. No, if you go into the track, the backing vocals from Wu Tang singer Blue Raspberry. Yeah. Okay. So. Okay. It doesn't matter as much because I think she blends more into the background. Mm-hmm. Um, you hear what she's saying, but it's not as much in the forefront as she is on Rainy Days. Right. But yeah, this is um, you know, it's a good song, good concept. I love the hook. You know, mm-hmm. you can't believe in heaven because you're living in hell. Like, it's always you know, it's always kind of hit me. Even though I'm not from this this environment, like mm-hmm. I've always been able to listen to this song and just like understand or rather this song helps me understand exactly what it is that they were they were dealing with yeah do you have much to say about uh north jewels not really um you know it's i think it, 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 it again kind of plugs into though like 
you know, their upbringing, like as five percenters and like, yeah. as you know, young black cats coming from New York. So, I mean, I think it, it, it caps it nicely, but I don't really have much to say about it. Oh, so here we go here. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I missed this on the, okay. So if you go to the Wikipedia Gambino mm-hmm. names, so obviously okay. uh, Ghostface is, is Tony Starks. Mm-hmm. Um, Deck is Raleigh Fingers. We knew that Master Killer Noodles. Nas is featured as Nas Escobar, Method Man, Johnny Blaze, Capadon is Cappuccino, Deluxe, whatever. Mm-hmm. But then we had Golden Arms as Lucky Hands. I'd forgotten that. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then the other one is, um, I forgot about this. Uh, I should know this, but RZA is Bobby Steele's. I knew that. Oh, Bobby Steele's. Yeah. yeah he does Which becomes, later becomes Bobby Digital. I knew he was Bobby Steele's and I forgot about that. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, look, um, pivotal piece of music. One of my favorites. Probably my number... Supreme Client Cell, Iron Man, and Forever are my top three. Mm. And well, Forever is probably one, one and two with Supreme Client Cell, then Iron Man, and then this. So this would be my number four. But yeah, mm. um, definitely one of the best, you know, hip, uh, Wu-Tang albums, definitely one of the best hip-hop albums. Um, definitely a classic coming up on 25 years. When they did their 20 years, they had a concert for this. It was in, um, it was at the Fillmore. Okay. Uh, they did a tour. So I went to go see that with uh, my homegirl, Allison. Shout out to her. That's crazy. Um, I, I meant to hit you up about it. Mm. Uh, that's my bad. I apologize. Okay. But maybe they'll do a, a 25 year tribute. Who knows? It's possible, knows? man. I mean, and since then, uh, he's he's given us a, an only built for Cubalings too. And, and supposedly yeah. he's got a, a three coming. Um, so I guess we'll see. You know, I would really want it with at least put RZA at the helm. He, you don't have to have him on every single track, but at least put him at the helm. Get more appearances from Ghost if you can. Yeah. And because uh, look, you know, Ragu 2 was dope or, or only built for Cuban Links 2, Ragu, whatever, Ran Ghost United, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. Um, dope but like not as good in my opinion as, yeah. as the first person. I think honestly Ray has been the person in the clan that's been the most outspoken against Rizzo when he doesn't agree with him and so it's yeah. probably it might be a stretch to, to get him you know as the executive producer but I think it would you definitely know, be helpful it's so weird because you know they're the oldest of friends with the exception really? of his cousins yeah yo they go back to third grade yo wow. third grade huh. they go back um, I forget when he met Ghostface but yeah, they they go back a long way. Um, definitely like before Method Man. I think he goes back before before Ghost. I think mm. he does. But That's yeah, good. I mean, he was telling me some shit. Uh, not telling me. Um, <laughs> I saw this clip. <laughs> Sorry. I had this personal relationship with the Rizzo. He was someone had asked him about the state of the Wu Tang. He's like, oh man, it's, it's all love, you know. He said that uh, we went on this trip. A few members from the Wu Tang they went on this trip to somewhere in like Indonesia or some shit like that. Mm. And uh, you God has this, this he's suing RZA over something. Okay. But who knows what it is, but they, they have a lawsuit. I think uh, you God has a lawsuit against the RZA mm-hmm. and it's in court. Mm-hmm. Despite the fact you God goes on this trip with them and RZA like puts them up half the time. And and uh, and Genius was like, Jizza was like, yo, like he's suing you. Why, why are you doing it? He's like, man, it's all love. Like whatever, that money shit, the courts are gonna settle that, but like that's fan, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and just was like, yeah, you like, this is the only group where that could happen. And I think that's probably true. Yeah. You know, like, look, they're they're always gonna have beef because yeah. family's always gonna have beef. But yeah. you know, it is what it is. I do agree with you though that Raekwon always seems the one who is the most, um, at least towards the RZA. He seems you know, like they, though that's his personality. Because if you yes. remember that clip from the show, right, right, where they're on that bus. 
and Ray is like is like shitting on meth because yeah. they did the the interview and Method Man did the radio interview and he's like, well, they said Method Man plus one other member, so I went, whatever. And then and then Ray's like, this niggas always talking, man. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> he was like super mad and Meth was like, yo, you on bullshit? And it was like <laughs> going back and forth. Ray's like always seems to be the one that's got like something to say about somebody else yeah he he does he does seem like that and look ghostface <laughs> is plenty outspoken as well facts, but i think facts. in terms of like people speaking against other members in the clan it does seem like raekwon yeah. is the one who does that and if and if that's an unfair characterization then i'm sorry for viewing all the clips and hearing <laughs> all the audio where i've seen him do that so yeah. it is what it is yeah but the last thing I wanna I wanna highlight is, and we've talked about this outside of this episode, but just wanna bring it back, is you know, this whole Wu Gambino kind of mafioso thing that became Ray's chamber of the Wu Tang really kind of became a theme in hip hop from this point yeah. on, right? So like yeah. Big, of course, you know, uh, adopted it and Nas and all these other folks, you know, with this kind of mafioso Whoa. rap thing. You know, I think that so. First of all, um, Biggie references Frank White on the first on this first album, "Ready to Die," okay. which comes out in 1994. And I think that I might have heard Nas Escobar reference himself as Escobar before mm. this, maybe. But but Biggie does use Frank White first. Now that being said, the mm-hmm. the Biggie, you know, Method Man also had Johnny Blaze before this. You know what I mean? Like people mm-hmm. just gave themselves other nicknames. Yes, sir. Was it a Gambino thing? No, I, Raekwon is responsible for the Gambino aspect for sure. Yeah, I mean, but, uh, some of these nicknames did come out before this. Is my point. I mean, yeah, it definitely people had nicknames before this. Even yeah, yeah. Biggie Smalls, that that yeah. name is a yeah, exactly. is, is a you know a, a mafia name or whatever. But um, yeah, I think yeah. I think though, like it really became a, a theme that you saw like throughout hip hop. And like, you know, in terms of like the way they dressed and the culture of like mainstream hip hop was, I think was influenced by this album. Yeah, for sure. All right. So um, if we don't have anything else to add, I think that should do it. Remember to like and subscribe to the podcast. You know where to find us. T-H-E-8-0-Z-B-A-B-I-E-S. 80sbabies at Gmail, SoundCloud, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Spotify, iTunes. Um, Please give us a rating. Yeah, please give us a review on on iTunes. Shout out to everyone who has. And yeah, look forward to uh, more good content coming soon. Peace. Yeah, peace.